This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast is made possible by our generous patrons. So we have a new system in place for those of you that want to maybe give and be included a little bit more intimately in this Behind the Bliss community. If you're listening and that's you, we have three different tiers and levels in which you can be involved in, where you can get early access to episodes, an extra episode each month, memory verse printouts every week, and 10-minute devotionals every week as well. We seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give, or head to Patreon.com slash BehindTheBliss. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I wanted to tell you about something I'm loving since it's Holy Week. This week leading up to Easter, I have been wanting to celebrate fully what the crucifixion means for me and you today. What is it that Jesus did, not only just dying on the cross, but the week leading up to it, from Palm Sunday to the day of resurrection, I want to know it all. There's actually an app out there that I've been talking about on Instagram, if you follow me at rachel.autry. But if you don't, I wanted to repeat myself here just in case, because it is that stellar of an app. It's free, and it's called Easter Now. It basically gives you a walk down and run through in real time of what happened that week before Jesus went to the cross from, like I said, Palm Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Good Friday. I mean, it covers everything. For me, making those connections from my brain to my heart, understanding historical context with maps and scripture has been so incredible and made a huge impact on how I'm celebrating Easter this year. So I needed to share it with you because it is that awesome and I'm loving it that much. So I hope that it blesses you too. So about today's episode. There are a lot of messages out there about freedom, especially in today's culture. You hear it when people talk about their identity, preferences, what's next in their career, their life, and more. But what is true freedom? The kind of freedom that truly sets you free from the bondage you might be experiencing of shame and guilt, you know the drill. We're talking about that in today's episode. Tanner Hobbs, business and health coach, described her journey to freedom, what true freedom looks like, and some practical steps that you can take to find freedom in your life today. Hey, Tanner. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. Isn't this so fun? This is like full circle social media, like friendship story. Yes, I know. I'm excited to just have a conversation with you that other people can listen to because we have some really good conversations. Uh, Via voice memos, you know, Yeah, which is the funniest part. (laughs) You introduced yourself to me over a voice memo. I was like, this is my girl. Like, yes. I, she gets me. I Voice memos are like my absolute love language. So this is really fun. That's basically the only way I talk to people online. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to take a second and tell us who Tanner is, what you've got going on in life, all the fun things, because there's a lot of movement yes. with you yes. right now. Yeah. So my name's Tanner Hobbs. I'm a wife 
and a follower of Jesus. And I own a business called Chasing Freedom, where I help women reach a level of health that really only Jesus can provide us. Um, that's the main thing that I do. But also, so good. Thanks. Also in that business, I'm kind of like you, Rachel, a woman of just many things, truly. I am also a three on the Enneagram. And so I've always, always, always got ideas and I'm running with new ones. And sometimes that's the best part of me. And sometimes that's truly the worst part of me. And I'm sure you understand that. But also in my business, I help women to develop their online businesses so that they can experience the freedom that I have um, with my career. I've never, ever seen myself even when I was a little girl and, you know, in school, they would ask you what you want to be when you grow up or you, you know, you, you would talk about that as a young child. I never had anything. I asked my mom constantly. I'm like, I really never said I wanted to be anything. She was like, I don't remember it. And I have a little sister that always said she wanted to be a doctor and she's finishing PA school right now. And I have an older sister that always played teacher and always said she wanted to be a teacher and she's a fourth grade teacher. And here I am, a little <laughs> child, like... Never knew what I wanted to do, but I do think it's because I really don't like feeling boxed into something. And yeah. so my job allows me to just have that freedom and just kind of let my personality run the way that God designed that. So I really, really love what I do. But yeah, life right now looks pretty crazy. We just built, <laughs> we just built and moved in to a house on the farm that I grew up in or grew up on. And that was after coming home from a seven-month adventure around the U.S. with my husband. He had left his job, was doing the whole entrepreneur thing, and we were kind of working on the road and just exploring together. And then we did, decided to move out to the country. And that was a big decision, honestly, because... I was about to say, but growing up on the country, were you not like, oh, I cannot wait to get back? Or was it one of those like, okay, we're gonna, yeah. if we're going to settle, I want to make sure we're going where we want to be? Well, I think I have, like a lot of people, I have a pretty rebellious side of me to where, honestly, I think I struggled with just going back to where my family was because that was safe. It was comfortable. I like adventure. I um, don't like to do what like, people tell me to do or expect me to do, I guess. And so admitting that I wanted to get back to the country and the slower paced life and the beauty of it it was really hard for me to get to that point. And actually it was my husband that brought that out of me because Derek really loved where I grew up. And every time I went there, he never wanted to go back home to where we were living together. And just through seeing his passion and him falling in love with the farm and um, just, you know, central Kentucky and stuff, he had never really moved away from home. It just brought it out of me finally. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I do, I want to move back home. <laughs> And we wanted to raise kids and stuff out on the farm with more space because we had that ability to. And also, I just really cherished my childhood um, yeah. out there and just the creativity we had. We didn't have, you know, we don't just run to town like Derek and I in our other house, our first home together. We lived in the in a neighborhood in town. I'd never been in a space like that in my whole life. And I kind of liked being able, everything felt so convenient. And so I kind of fell in love with that for that short period of time. And as I got to like understand my entire life and God was teaching me so much and I was just getting a lot of perspective, I realized that convenience isn't always good. 
And I thought back to my childhood and Derek and I began to talk about kids. We began trying for kids early in 2019. And the more we got to talk about it and thinking about it, I just got so excited to raise kids out there and have a child to, you know, experience what I got to experience with my sisters and stuff. So yeah, we live out there now in a beautiful home. We feel really grateful for, especially right now for the space because we're in isolation and we have space to run and run up to mom and dad and grab dinner. A lot of people can't even go to their parents right now and see their parents. And so we feel really grateful for that. Um, And on top of that, we did just find out we were pregnant in March. And so we're expecting a baby in November. And that has been an adventure, as you know, and me and you have talked about quite a bit. And so that's life right now. I'm also working to try to figure out what my business is supposed to look like. Because uh, with the economy and everything um, that's happening in our world, I'm very much so have the mindset and I teach my business clients this is you, you know, we can either fall to fear or we can just rise above. And so my mindset says rise above, but my current first trimester body says just like maintain. It's okay. You don't have to do everything if your body needs rest right now. And so I'm really trying to navigate that. And that's been a little bit difficult. And then I have my husband who is still working full time and he's out like in, in, at his business still. And so that's a sacrifice too, because he's still around people and um, that's kind of uncontrollable and bringing that home and stuff. And so we're just trying to be safe and prayerful and really that's what life looks like right now. Crazy. I told y'all, I'm like, she's got some movement. You know, a lot of things about a lot of things, you know, like you're in a really neat season where you might feel, I don't know. I'm, Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm assuming you might feel a little bit spread in a Mm -hmm. lot of different buckets. Like there's a lot of different areas in life that are being covered by you and your husband right now. But I think what's so beautiful about that is where your heart is and what you're doing with Chasing Freedom is so that you can meet people where they are. And I feel like a lot of times you can only do that with experiences. So you're experiencing a ton of what other people might have already been experiencing or might experience one day. And so now you'll have the opportunity and perspective to speak into that. So crazy cool what God does. And we were just talking before even we started recording about timing. And sometimes it's like the hardest message to hear. But oh, there's a lot of testimonies working out in your life and mine. And I'm so yeah. many of our listeners that probably are like, wow, learning lots about timing right now. Mm-hmm. So And I think that's the thing is we get so caught up in timing and desiring specific timing. And we just sometimes forget that God is outside of time, period. And that's like a bigger picture that I just have to always remind myself is that when I get stuck, even the other day, I was laying on the couch. It was the middle of the day. That's not typical for me. And I just got, I'm like, I was watching the hours tick as I laid there and was like, body, are you going to get up and do something? Are you going to be productive today? Are you going to do anything? And God was just like, daughter, like I'm outside of however, however frustrated you are at how long you lay there. I'm outside of that. You have so much purpose in laying there right now. And even though you're not actually doing something with your hands or you're not getting on video or you're not typing out your next piece of content, I have purpose in you just simply laying there and being still. And I was just like, okay, like this is a different pace for me, but I'm just going to embrace it. 
Yeah. I'm like, and all the Enneagram three said, amen. <laughs> That's me. Is that if I'm like at a standstill, I'm like, oh no, I'm not being productive. And God's like, this is called rest, sweetheart. <laughs> this is called grace and pause. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. That's yeah. part of this too. Yeah. yeah. Tell us, I'm kind of curious because you have such a cool perspective on chasing freedom, specifically mm-hmm. this word freedom. Um, mm-hmm. And with like a message built around it, I just, I also feel like there's a ton of, messages out there that maybe aren't truth that Mm. are very worldly and I think the world has taken this eternal idea of freedom and twisted it Mm. for lack of better words into maybe a definition that might work best for them and their lifestyle or their character or whatever and I think that getting back to the root idea of what freedom is and what and what God gave us freedom for is so important. And you have, like mm-hmm. I said, such a cool perspective. So I want you to maybe, if you could redefine like what freedom is for people that have so many mixed ideas of what it might be, what would you say? I, w- I mean, this simply put, I would say holiness. Like it sets you apart from the world. Freedom doesn't come from the world. And you're right. In fact, the other day I was listening to a podcast, I believe it was um, Annie F. Downs podcast. And she was talking about how freedom gets so misused. And they were having a conversation. And I was like, Oh, gosh, like, did I choose the right word? God, is this business leading people to the right things? I started to really second guess myself because I'm like, maybe freedom wasn't the word because I see that word used in so many, to Mm -hmm. me, like unbiblical places. And it, it, can lead us astray too. It totally can. When we're chasing freedom and things that aren't of Christ, it can literally lead us away from Christ. And so that's scary to me. And I take that super serious, but it all started with Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It's the most simple verse, but for some reason, one day in 2017, I read that verse and was like, I read it again. And I read it again, and I had heard it before, but I'm like, why is this like hitting me so hard right now? And it was because I just had like an identity um, crisis sitting there. And I was realizing that my identity was freedom in Christ. And I had put my identity all through my college years and stuff in so many other things. It started out with this sport and that sport got stripped from me from uh, through an injury. And then it went to men. And then when I would end a long relationship, I would move to like partying and alcohol and, you know, trying to look a certain way. And so that slipped into body image and trying to be as small as I could. So I could obtain this image to be liked by guys and these girlfriends and all of this. And so I was just kind of this identity hopper, if you will, feeling so empty in those years. And God constantly was knocking on my heart. And I just wasn't, um, I guess you could say I just wasn't mature enough, or I just wasn't sensitive enough. I didn't have enough um, knowledge of the Holy Spirit. I knew the brand of Jesus, but I never knew Jesus personally, and never knew that I could have a personal relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated college, I also ended a relationship. I was actually about to move to Denmark with a boyfriend that was going to play professional basketball. And God just completely (laughs) like, and he was sent home before I even got out there, like kicked off the team, sent home. And immediately I was like, that was totally God. So I actually ended that relationship pretty quick and just 
began my life with Christ. And I got a job and I got my own place for the very first time I lived by myself and um, just really seeked God wholeheartedly for the very first time. And it looked like a lot of no's. Honestly, I just said, I began to say no to everything that made me feel like I wasn't able to live in him. And that was the thing, like there's, there's friendships now, there's places I can go and I can be in Christ now, but I have a maturity and a better understanding of the character of God and how much he loves me and how much he protects me and how much divine purpose I can have in those places. But before when I was trying to really enter into becoming a woman that was after God's own heart, I was not mature enough spiritually to go to the bars, to hang out with certain friends on in specific hours of the night and stuff. And so it was just a lot of no's, a lot of um, seeking the Lord and knowing that he was constantly searching my heart. And it was a beautiful time. I like, I look back to that time, honestly, and I sometimes miss it because I'm just like, it was just yeah. me and God, and we were, it was like us against the world. It was awesome. But then I, 2020. <laughs> right. then I met my husband, and um, he was in a very similar season of his walk with God. And actually, Derek never thought he would get married, but he had just really got rooted into a church for the first time and into a small group, and he was really building um, godly community for the first time ever. He was saying no to a lot of the stuff in his life. And so we just connected so deeply because, like I said, I was doing a lot of this in isolation. I was saying no a lot. I had my own apartment. I wasn't in church community yet. I hadn't gotten there. Like God hadn't led me to that place yet. And I was trying to find churches and people, but I just hadn't found it. And when I first met Derek, I was super resistant because I was like, no, no, God, like, this is too soon. I don't know you enough. Like, I can't get to know him. It, like, I, he he would need, and, and you at the same time. This feels really scary. And then six months later to the day we met, Derek and I were engaged and in small group. And, in community, and like, God just moved at a pace that I can't even describe to words right now. So that's really kind of the story of actually where Chasing Freedom came to be. Because when I met Derek, is when in 2017, when I said I read that scripture and everything clicked differently, I realized that my identity, for the first time, I fell in love with Derek. And for the first time, I I actually loved God more. And I had never, and I, and Derek loved God more than he loved me. And I just never imagined finding a relationship like that. And so we were both pursuing freedom from so many things. And we both had a lot of bondage and a lot of shame and a lot of just stuff we had to work through a lot and still continue to, to this day, just from like sinful behavior and stuff. And anyways, that's kind of where, where that took me to help women, because I realized that I was bound by all of these different things that made me appear to be a specific person to people, or so I thought. And I didn't realize that simply being more like God was everything that I was called to. And that was chasing freedom. When I was chasing after the Lord to become a woman after his own heart, I got to lead other people to the kingdom with me. And so now it's just like, it just looks like day to day life. It's not some crazy, like, 
um, business that is constantly, I'm only talking about scripture and stuff. It just looks like day-to-day life. It's sharing my story. It's, um, you know, sharing the things that I love. It's simply just being me, but not the me I thought I had to be, the me that he actually created me to be. Oh, amazing. I also love 2 Corinthians 3.17 when it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Mm. So I think like while we're chasing freedom, I think the best way to find it is to find where the spirit of the Lord is and, and oh. to nurture that. And oh. what you're saying is so cool. Of like you can chase it all day long, but whenever you finally like silence yourself, find the place, like be mm. with the Holy Spirit, let him download things to you that maybe you never could have dreamt or imagined. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like you'll find a taste of this like milk and honey freedom that yeah. you always can hear about in scripture. Well, and the coolest thing when you said like the place to find freedom, because you're right, a lot of people are like, well, how do I get that? And it is, it's coming into a holy space with the Holy Spirit. But yes. that happened in those years and my loneliest, darkest days. Like, it really did. So if you're listening to this and you feel a bit lonely right now and you feel stuck or you feel unsure or you just have this constant wavering of faith, you're probably right where God needs you to be to just surrender. Um, and that's m- every encounter that I've like, just, you know, those encounters you have with the Holy Spirit that just completely yeah. are transformational to the next steps you take in your life. One of those happened in my apartment at night when I was so lonely. I'd said no to everything. And I was just like, God, do I want to choose you or do I want to choose that fun? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I had fun in college. I had horrible <laughs> times where we had a good time. But, and then I think about other times, even with my whole body image stuff, like this freedom didn't come until after I got married and I was in the shower and I was bawling, crying just crying out to God, like, this can't be it. And I was already a health coach at this point. So I felt incompetent. I felt like I was leading people astray. Like, and I was over here so bound in my body. And it was in the shower that I had that encounter with the Holy Spirit, just bare, I mean, naked as could be, <laughs> there, like, falling oh, down and not knowing if it's the water on my face or just so many tears that I didn't even know were inside of me, just crying out to God and surrender, like, take this take Mm -hmm. it. And, um, I could talk about that moment forever because that moment too, when I say that word surrender, and that's a huge part of freedom is surrendering. When I say that, I always thought surrender was like, Oh, you drop it off at the cross and you walk away and God's got it. And you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to do that with food and my body and stuff. And then the next day would happen and it was the same stuff. And I'm like, gosh, Mm -hmm. this is so frustrating. I realized surrender motivated a new type of obedience that looked like putting in some work. Like I really had putting in showing up. It wasn't like you drop. It was a decision to drop it off at the cross moments after moments, like minute by minute some days. And it was a huge, um, yeah, that was a shift for me. Cause I was like, Oh, this is going to take work. Like, God lightens the burden when we are so committed to freedom and commitment mm-hmm. is an action word. It doesn't mean like you, oh, you, you say you're committed and then you walk away and you just feel lighter and never struggle with that thing again. So anyways, that was a huge moment for me because I realized surrender uh, really was such a commitment word. Yeah. I love how you said it was an action word. Like, well, mm-hmm. so is surrender. It's a verb. It's like, it's right. not a 
like a quick passive thing. It takes discipline. It takes decision. It takes like it being intentional. And, and so I think that's so beautiful. Like it's not yeah. just opening up your hands or waving your white flag. It means yeah. like truly explaining like what you're about to give up and dropping it off every day. I love every it. day. And that's where chasing freedom came from too. Like at first I had chase and chased because I felt like I had experienced freedom and then I was like, whoa, I, every day when my feet hit that floor, I'm chasing freedom. Like I am choosing freedom. I have freedom, but there are always things that I'm working through and working mm-hmm. on and um, that are just in the way of what Jesus really needs to do with our life. And so, yeah, that's why I use the word that's like ongoing. Have you read the book, The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst? I've heard of it. I haven't read it though. I've heard okay. it. You keep saying something. Specifically, you said earlier, you were like, uh, if, you know, I kept having to say no to things in order to kind of see like what God had for me. And I think, I mean, that's the message of best yes is when we say no and we filter and we say no to things that aren't for us, then we have more capacity to do the yes more excellently. And yes. a lot of times too, like that yes is what freedom looks like. Like yes. it's an it's an opportunity for you to like find an answer or at least get closer to some truth and saying no to your thoughts or your feelings Mm -hmm. and claiming truth and taking your own thoughts captive. Like it's a, it's a process. And so I like all of that because I think, um, a lot of people might be listening, feeling a bit discouraged that like even hearing your story, I mean like that sounds amazing and I want that for my life, but it's not what it looks like. And I would speak to you and say, friend, like, take a step, like do something. Like it's not like you just hear a testimony and it is a testimony. You need to put in your work too, show up. Yeah. I think she talks about that in that book. Cause I've heard a lot of people read that saying, even how you have to say no to really good things to say yes to the best thing. And when I go back to that time, I'm like, those things felt good. Like literally they felt good to me. Because they were fun. I could laugh. I didn't have to think about myself. So like, I didn't have to think about being better and self-awareness and all this stuff. I could just like be with my friends, you know? Um, And, but, and it actually felt like bondage, like saying no over and over to my very best friends for a while felt like bondage to me. But what I realized is God needed to, like, he needed to make me feel free from, I guess I'm, I'm struggling how to say this, but it was okay to feel bound by, um, things that weren't eternal. Does that make sense? Because it just shows the freedom of eternal mindset and kingdom mindset and kingdom living Yes, and just living a bigger life than just saying the quick yeses to things that felt good in that time. Yeah. So good. I'm like, if, if you feel the burden and the pain of the world, then then therefore you can feel the actual freedom God has to offer us. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well this, um, this really reminds me too, if people wanted some scripture reference, like the idea of Elijah in the cave. I'm like, mm-hmm. he had to go into this cave to experience God himself and the Holy Spirit and the comfort he had to offer. And yeah. it talks about in First Kings 19, like there was an earthquake and then there was a b- big storm and there was mm-hmm. a huge fire and like all these things. But it says God was not in the fire. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the storm. And then a whisper came by, like a slow wind came by and it says God was in the wind. And yeah. I think um, that was the moment Elijah experienced freedom. Um, mm-hmm. But if we look at how it all happened, he separated himself 
which takes action and thought right. and intention. He um, was looking for God. It's not like he just was waiting for God to come to him. And when God did come, it was because he went to the edge of his cave. So he kind of yeah. like got out of his situation, went to the edge, and then he felt the spirit. And I'm like, that is, <laughs> I need a formula sometimes. And I feel like that could be such a great formula for people being well, like, oh, and yes, I think but what's the cave was his covering. Like yeah. it was a covering of protection that God gave him. What felt dark and felt scary and stuff was actually God was using that to cover and protect him. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about David too. And I was just reading through the story of him in the cave. And when the enemies were after him and Saul's after him and everything, and he's hiding out in this cave, how lonely that must have felt. But you think about all the words he wrote in Psalm and everything and about that time and how much he still gave glory to God, even in those loneliest moments, because he so knew, good. he knew he was protected. He knew that there was a way bigger purpose than just him and his life that God was going to use. And I just love those stories too. I'm, I'm like you, I like, I need a picture. I need image. I need examples because yeah. it just makes us feel so related to um, spiritually. Cause sometimes you're like, how does the Bible relate to my story? You know? Yeah. And, and scripture is such an amazing resource we have yes. to see it and to claim it for ourselves. Mm. I love it. What's something recently though, that you've maybe learned about freedom? Cause I here, I'll say this, like a lot of times if there's something that I'm wanting to work through or a big idea that I'm really excited and maybe fascinated about, mm-hmm. I eventually learn something about it that I'm like, Oh, I never knew that. And it completely makes it look like a whole new subject to me. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you've had that moment with what freedom is, with how much time you spend with it and encouraging others in it? Hmm. I'm always learning so much about freedom and I learn a lot about freedom through what or helping and witnessing other women in their freedom journeys. Cause it is such a journey. Like freedom is so there's so much it's simple, but it's complex. Kind of like the Bible, like the story of the Bible is simple But when you're diving into it, it feels pretty dang complex, especially I've been in the Old Testament for like six months now. And I'm like, I'm going to make it to Jesus. (laughs) But that's kind of how freedom is. It's simple. Like I said, that verse, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. That's simple. But also you have a whole past that you're like working through and you have all these relationships that you're trying to figure out. Is this worth it? Like, God, is this who you need in my inner circle right now? And then you think about how you're spending your time on a day-to-day basis. Like it can feel overwhelming at first mm-hmm. when you are truly, truly chasing freedom and the the freedom that Christ has given you. Um, and I'm constantly learning. I learn so much more than being able to see my own story. Cause like I said, I'm a go, go, go girl. I have so many ideas Unless someone really sits and asks me about my story, I kind of don't see it. Um, it could just because I'm going and I don't reflect much. I don't journal about my own story too much. My journaling is more like prayers and gratitude and, um, you know, just a lot of things that I'm, I guess, praying for people I'm praying for and stuff. But I don't sit and just like talk about my feelings much and all of that. And so... I get, uh, I learn about freedom through being a part of people's freedom journeys. And that's why I love community so much. That's why I loved meeting you and being able 
to talk through voice memo and get on that Zoom call together. Like yeah. that, that is where I learn about freedom. Cause I'm like, gosh, God, you are so divine. And even how you use something like Instagram. And a lot of times I'll be honest when I say I run a whole business from social media to someone that's like over 35, I kind of feel silly saying it because I'm, I'm like, they, they don't take me serious now because I run a business from social media. But the other day, a pastor or our pastor at our church said, social media is the biggest gathering of broken people known to mankind ever. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, God, I have so much purpose here, don't I? And it was just like that again, I learned stuff about freedom. I'm like, this is freedom. Like I get to yeah. use all of these things that God has given me. They're not silly. God doesn't think that they're silly. Like I can have fun on them and I can be mm -hmm. my silly self on them, but it's not silly. It is a kingdom tool when we use it the right way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just constantly learning about freedom when I'm learning about God. So good. Oh, oh my gosh. I am listening to this now and thinking like, okay, if, it, if this were me listening to the episode three years ago, I feel yeah. like I would have been sitting here listening to you and I talk and thinking like, I, I get it and I hear it and I, and I want it even like I desire this, but mm -hmm. I just cannot get there. And, and part of me almost gets this like picture of, uh, myself three years ago being stuck in a jail cell yeah. and the doors open, the chains are unlocked. Like I have the permission to leave, but I'm mm -hmm. keeping myself there, my own bondage, maybe because of shame or mm -hmm. guilt or unworthiness. So what would you say to that girl that's feeling just a whole bunch of like shame and guilt and just is kind of stuck, but, but has all the opportunity and resource for freedom? Yeah, I think it's important. And that's why I said community is so great open up to someone who you know is wise counsel. And if you don't know someone who is biblically rooted or you know they're like actively pursuing Jesus, really work to find someone, honestly. And then the other thing that I would say is just simply open up your Bible. Because I think that alone is intimidating. Even if you're still sitting there in the jail cell, you have permission to go, you're unchained, like you, you know, you have access and permission to leave where you're at and to change your life. Just sit there and open up the word and let God, let the word of God move your feet. He talks mm, about how good. he is the lamp, like the lamp to our next step. And I think so often, if you're a big picture gal like me or Rachel, you need to see, or you don't need to see, but you feel like you need to see more in order to go sometimes because you're like, well, what's the outcome of this? Is this going to be successful? Because if not, I'm not here to waste my time. Right. But that, you know, I think about the Israelites, how they were led by cloud by day and fire by night, like literally one step at a time. This is such a process and it's such a beautiful cleansing free process that every step you take with the Lord you feel lighter in your walk to, as you know him. So because good. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think for me too, Rachel, like in the beginning, if it, it was all about me, so I would open up my, the word and I would say things like, what God, what are you going to teach yes, me? Today? Come on, sister. I just read about this and it's like, change the game. Keep going. Yeah. I'm so pumped. Yeah. And now I've never been more consistent in the word than when I heard this too, is I don't open my Bible 
for me every single day to learn something, get a takeaway, to relate it to my life. I open up the word every single day with this expectant heart to learn more about God's character. And when you know more about God's character, you understand who you are. And I think that's a lot of it. Sit there in shame and you can't move and you feel just like numb. It's because you you feel like you're, you don't know who you are. A lot of people say, I don't, I don't know my identity. I don't experience joy. I don't have peace in who I am. When I ask women they're, what they're missing in their life, they'll say things that's like peace and identity and joy. And those are the main things. And I'm like, all of those things come from you getting to know God. And it's so neat how when you have that mindset shift, it's just like, okay, this isn't about me. I'm just going to go learn about God, how much he changes you. And that's what I teach too. Like I have this whole freedom method teaching that I teach girls to help them find freedom in body image and with food and all of this is the whole like journey of the freedom method. It's not all about exercise. It's not all about nutrition. It's all about Jesus and getting women to shift their focus from their body and the changes they're desiring in their body to the cross. And in result, your body will start being a representation of Christ because you know that and you see that and you start to live different. And it all starts with what you believe in. So good. Okay. So one more thing I had to add that this is just so cool full circle. So Genesis one, whenever Adam and Eve decide like, oh my gosh, wait, we're naked. We've been naked this whole time. Oh my goodness. And they start feeling the shame. It's because they took their eyes off of the Lord. They took their eyes off of Father God and then put them on themselves. And that's when they realized that they were who they were. Instead mm-hmm. of before living in a perfect world where their eyes were always on God, they knew exactly who they were. So, yes. I mean, another like biblical example of what shame can do to you when you take your eyes off of God. Loving all these examples. Thanks for coming in hot with them. That is so <laughs> so good. I know. And- I'm just... I'm like, if you need somewhere in your Bible to turn to conquer these things, like I promise you there is lots of funny stories all throughout yeah. the Bible. Yeah, totally. And that's so relatable too. I even think about, you know, this past year of trying to conceive and how that just, gosh, that's so true. I would, when I would take my eyes off of Jesus and be focused so much on this wanting this baby and seeing that positive test, like, I felt so alone in that walk and it felt so scary. And then, and then like I was flooded with anxiety. I was flooded with fear. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm eating, the way that I'm moving my body, it can't be right. Like, and I start this blame game when my eyes were off of him. And yeah, I just think that's a good, I mean, even I I guess what I'm trying to say is even though I've had you know, the last four years where I've really been seeking Christ, like it doesn't always go perfect and your seasons look different and you're gonna, you're gonna suffer. Like you're gonna have times of suffering, you know, freedom in Christ doesn't mean an easy life. It means a free life. It means eternal life. It means you get the promises of going to heaven and like, your, your life feels so much more purposeful in everything you do. And I'm talking about literally when you're doing your makeup in the morning, getting ready for the day to when you're just chilling at a dinner with your mom and dad, or when you're actually in your career, whatever it is, everything feels more purposeful when you're pursuing Jesus. And that's a good life. Like that, that life is fun. 
God keeps you on your toes when you are in him. It's always exciting. It's always like, God, what do you, what do you have for me next? Um, there's this one scripture and I cannot remember off the top of my head, but it, it's actually in the message version and it has been popping up in my head so many times these last couple of weeks. And it's just a quote and it says, what's next, Papa? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I, I need to bring it up. I'll, I'll share it with you, Rachel, after. But like those, that one sentence and question to God, like, what's next, Papa? I just keep saying it to him because I'm like, what's next, God? Like, I know that I just see the divinity in you and I want everything to do with that. And it just makes life so exciting and fun and um, exhilarating. And then also you find excitement in rest and you find excitement in isolation in your home right now. And life, life simply is just better with Jesus. Yeah. That's all I got to say. That's it. Oh, what an amazing truth for real. Uh, I, something I love to ask people at the end of our conversations is what is something that you are loving these days? Hmm. that you have to share with people like guys you have to know about fill in the blank like what would it be it could be like song playlist book product anything um man that's hard because (laughs) gotcha (laughs) everything that i love right now in this first trimester like as far as like food goes and anything like that is something that sounds horrible right now because i normally would say i have this one coffee creamer and I was struggling finding like my homemade coffee because I was wasting so much money at coffee shops every single day and I'm not even kidding I would go to a coffee shop and get a coffee whether it be Starbucks or a local shop or whatever and I started to add it up and I was like oh man like this is intense I gotta figure this out Mm -hmm. at home and be a little bit better steward of my monies here because this isn't smart but I will share it because I do love it and everyone that I've told about it loves it too and it's a dairy-free um, creamer called Ripple, but it's like actual thick creamer. Okay. I don't think I've seen it. It's actually like thick, like a real heavy creamer. And I feel like a lot of the almond milk creamers and stuff, they're just basically like white water. So anyways, I had to share that with someone because if you're looking for something that's still going to be like good for your skin, your digestion and everything, it is a plant-based creamer. That's the bomb.com. Yes, queen. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Adding that to my next grocery run when we stock up yeah well (laughs) I am just like I mean leaving this so encouraged and I feel like there's so many neat tools and next steps for people that might be feeling stuck or wanting freedom so badly or maybe they thought they had a taste of freedom but it's not true freedom I just think I mean you're our girl like I'm so grateful for you (laughs) in this time uh thank you so much I I really pray for the girl listening that came into this episode just feeling even the slightest bit bound by something in this world, whether it be her body or a relationship that she's questioning or just simply in how she's spending her time day to day. I hope that this encouraged you to know that um, in Christ and when you fully surrender everything to Christ, he will he will show you your next step. You don't have to question him. He will Amen. provide that. It might not be exactly when you want it, but he's going to reveal that to you. Amen. Tanner, I adore you. You're such a I treasure. <laughs> 
so good. I hope you guys felt so encouraged from Tanner. I walked away from the episode knowing a whole lot more about true freedom and what it looks like thanks to Tanner and her amazing practical steps and resources. If you want to know more about Tanner and who she is, where she's online, then you can find all of that and more in our show notes where we linked the resources we talked about today, Bible verses in case you wanted to go back and read those stories about David and Elijah and their cave experiences. We made sure just to put everything over there and throw it all in the show notes so that you don't have to go back to the episode and be like, where was it that they talked about fill in the blank? We hope you find that helpful. If today's episode touched you and where you are in life, we would love if you left us a review and let us know. We love hearing how this episode, we love hearing how these episodes and this podcast in general is blessing you in your life. Not only is it encouraging, but it gives other people that are kind of scrolling through the Apple podcast app, looking for a podcast to listen to, they're able to see the review that you left and know that it changed maybe your day or your perspective or encouraged you. Maybe they'll push play and they'll hear a message that they need to hear. So we just hope that maybe you would do this to not only, like we said, encourage us, but to propel the platform that I want to make sure to steward well. And that can happen with your help. So if you have a few seconds to spare after listening to today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you just head over to Apple Podcasts and left us a review. With all of this craziness and what coronavirus and this pandemic has brought us, I really sat down and was like, what is it that I want to remember from this season? And there's a lot of it, but a lot of what I want to remember is the ways that I'm protected by God. Not only just because of this one season, but there's a lot of things in life that we need protection from. And honestly, a lot of things in life we already have protection from, but we might not be aware of. So I wanted to memorize Psalm 91. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you might know that last year when we were entering 2019, it was one of my goals to memorize it. Well, I got about half of it down. I'm working on the rest, but I was thinking like, what is it that I could do to memorize this more clearly, but then also have like an actual tangible can hold it material in my hand. So I thought maybe I could make myself a note card, did that, lost it. Maybe I could write it on my calendar or write it out in my journal every week or something like that. And then it clicked. What if I made a tumbler? So I put something together with our third party merchandise distributor and just ordered a sample for me. Like didn't order anything in bulk, just did it for myself. And y'all, it has been so extremely helpful. I was so moved that this wasn't just for me. It needed to be for y'all too. So we added the Behind the Bliss Psalm 91 tumbler to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com shop. So if you wanted to go and buy your own tumbler, be encouraged by Psalm 91, or just hold it in the morning with your coffee and work through memorizing it with me, then you can do that. We added that link to today's show notes as well, or you can go to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com slash tumblers and find it there. I hope that you are finding encouragement throughout the season, that you are feeling strong, that you're feeling well, that you're staying healthy and loving your people so well in this season. We'll see you next time.